Let's turn our Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter number 4 tonight. Ephesians chapter number 4. Uh, last message, um, and uh, kind of laid the foundation last week uh, as we preached on unity, and I want to build on that tonight, all right? Build on that, uh, wrap up this whole series, all right? And uh, we had the foundation and talking about the biblical command especially within our local church, for that of unity. And we want to build on that by making this statement, and this is what we'll preach on tonight, that the stability of unity, what keeps everything stable, is this word that we want to speak on tonight, communication. All right? You say, well, I don't have a problem with communication. Why, why things we don't like to talk about? Well, here's the reality. This is just the reality of things and what I found, all right? That, you know, that we think, you know, so many times, well, I don't, we don't have a problem with communication to those who we're closest to. But the reason that you're closest to them is because communication. And when I say unity, does God, has God commanded that our church have unity? Yes. All right, without a doubt, God commands that. And the only way that we can maintain good unity is to have good communication. And a lot of times we just think that, well, you know, I'm good. You don't need to even talk about that. Well, if there's some that you just don't want to sit by or talk to or some that you just, I don't know what to say to that person, well, let's work on that tonight. Because communication is extremely important. I hope you'll see this before the sermon's over, right? Um, those, that are, those in this auditorium that are married, those that are closer to their spouse and the closest to their spouse are those who have good communication with their spouse. Those who enjoy a really close uh, relationship with their children are those who communicate with their children. There are those, no doubt, in the auditorium that feel closer to the pastor than maybe others do. And the reason is because of communication. And the biggest thing and most important thing is that there's some who don't feel as close to God as other people. And it's because of communication. You see, communication is what brings that closeness and that unity there. And we all are commanded to communicate with others. Look in Ephesians chapter 4, and look with me in verse number 29. Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication. Ephesians 4, 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, we're not to let corrupt communication come out of our mouth. But we are to have the right communication come out of our mouth, that which is good to the use of edifying and ministering of grace to the hearers. Now, when we don't communicate as we should, verse number 30, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, everything, the success of Kazado Baptist Temple is a people in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, if every service, if the Lord's being uh, worshipped and, and things, and if we're going to properly worship, it must be done in what? Spirit and in truth. 
If the Holy Spirit's not in charge of the preaching, if the Holy Spirit's not working in the lives of the hearers, if the Holy Spirit's not working in the song ministry, if the Holy Spirit's not at act and, and putting a hedge about this place and keeping the wrong uh, distractions out and, and influences out, without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. I mean, none. That is the power, Right? And the Holy Spirit is the one that enables and strengthens the church to do the work that God's called it to do. And sadly, one of the signs of the last days is that there will be a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Right? So what does that mean? The Holy Spirit's being grieved. The power's not there. You know, I grew up always thinking about that verse, thinking, yeah, all these, you know, false churches out there and... No, having a form of godliness means they are looking pretty godly. Right? That's not the, you know, rock and roll church down the road. There's no godliness about that. To me, that is a, a, is a warning to churches that know the truth. But we've lost the power of God. Which sadly is something we do see more and more in these days. And I don't want it to happen at our church. And one of the things that can grieve the Holy Spirit of God is a lack of communication. There will always be a disconnect when there's a lack of communication. Brother Slee taught on communication at a couple's retreat one year. And I remember the saying he made. He said, as blood is to the life of the body... So communication is to the life of relationships. Without communication, there is no life. And we don't like to talk about when there's communication problems. And ironically, if we did talk about it, there would be less problems. If you'll think about that, that's kind of funny. Right? Um, but, but the fact is this, that's, it's so important when... Um, was at the pastor's couple's retreat uh, that I spoke at a few weeks ago. And they had a time, which is way out of my comfort zone, uh, but they, they put you know me and these two other pastors up since we were speakers, and they put us up there and had a panel discussion. Uh, I don't like that. I just, I'm the kind of guy, just so you know, that if you ask, like, counsel on something, I just need a day. Because I run through every scenario in my mind. I just digest it. I think about it. I pray about it. And to sit on a panel and be like, hey, I have a question. I, that's out of my comfort zone, right? I did it, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but one of the questions that was brought out was this. How do you as a pastor communicate a need that you have to your church? And, um, and they said, Pastor Burke, we'll let you answer that one. And I, and I was willing to do so because that's something, and I was able to brag on my church about it, all right? I said, we have a great, I and our church communicate greatly. I said, just recently, I said, we had a need and uh, with insurance and stuff. And I said, I just sat down, I shared it. The men listened. Everything was explored. And, you know, things happened. And, uh, it, and things worked out because the church wanted to. And I said, but the key to it is this. You can't be afraid to communicate. You just got to talk. And um, another question on that panel, and, uh, and I don't remember because I said the same thing when they directed the question to me. I said, I hate to give the same answer, but communicate. The question was this, as a pastor, 
how will you know when your wife is really struggling? And just with the burden of things and, and dealing with things. And I said, well, communicate. If anything will hurt our church in the days ahead, the danger would be a lack of communication. Most of the issues that we deal with many times at school and in ministries is a lack of communication. As a church, it's really important that we continue because we have been commissioned to do something great for God. Amen? We are commissioned to edify or to build the body. Amen? Remember in Genesis chapter number 11 when man tried to do something great? Remember they wanted to build something in Genesis chapter 11. Anybody remember what it is? The Tower of Babel, right? And God said, this can't happen, right? He could have sent an earthquake. He could have sent a pestilence. He could have sent, you know, wild beast. But what was it that God did to stop man from doing and building something? They couldn't communicate. Because without the means and without the ability of communication, very little can be done. That's why it's really important, let me put it right in our lap, that's why we have fellowships. It's not just to sit down with our, you know, our two and only them. No, we need to get around. We need to be willing to talk to people. We need to be willing to listen to people and, and get outside of that and, you know, and, and, and have some communication skills. Because what can happen, and you all know it's true, and I, I thank the Lord that it's been very little in my time at this church, and to God be the glory for it, and may it continue to be, that we don't have little cliques. And that group doesn't talk to that group, and that group does mad at the front row group, and God forbid that ever happened. Has it tried to raise its ugly head yet? It has. And when it does, anyone that's involved in that is wrong. Now, you're going to be closer to people. That's life, all right? You're going, and that's fine. I'm not talking about, you know, well, you know, they're really close to me. That's great. You know why they're really close to you? Because you communicate. I mean, there's at one point that Jeff Huggins started walking in his church and I was like, hmm, he's interesting. Yeah. Right, Brother Tyler? Yeah, right? Yeah, I watched him and observed the way him and his wife and Gina, when they first started coming, you know, they're sitting in church. Yeah, right? But Brother Jeff is a good friend of mine now. Because we spend a lot of time communicating. Daily. Send messages. I'll send what I read in the Bible. He'll send me what he read in the Bible every day. He'll be working and just send me a little code word. It's not really a word, it's just initials. And what he's saying is this Is there anything I can pray for you right now about? I've had times when I, you know, have been able to share something with him. He don't know what's going on, but he's, he prays. I mean, this is real, right? And we've drawn close. Because we communicate. Communication is so important. Not just with that person that you're sitting by tonight. But that be something that's open to everyone in the body that God has placed you in. 
that you're able to communicate. God gave us this ability. And the reason why communication is so important because communication is God's mean and gift that he's given to us to be able to solve problems, to build relationships, and to glorify him. I'll repeat those because those are really worth noting for communication. To solve problems and build relationships and to glorify him. That's why God gave us the ability to communicate. You say, I just I struggle with it. Well, we all, I did too. I didn't, when I was in high school, I talked to Matt. And Matt. And Matt. I just wasn't that guy. I felt, I don't know, whatever reasons. My dad was... I grew up in his teen group. He was the star of the show, man. Everyone loved him. He, I told you, just my dad can get along with the doorknob, and he just, they would be best friends. Uh, you know, um, my dad just, he, he could make friends with anybody, anywhere, at any time. We'd get in an elevator, and by the time we got to the next floor, everyone's dying laughing at my dad. Uh, and many of you know him. That's the way it was, and that's just not me. Yeah. Now, it was Crystal. Crystal had that same gene, right? Me and Rachel got all the intelligence and good looks, right? But, uh, but you know, they, <laughs> that's just, that was their ability. And, and when I first started, you know, in college, they put me in these ministries, and, you know, I didn't know anyone. And I've told the students before, the greatest year of my life, looking back spiritually, was the hardest year in that of my college life and that when everything was just taken away um, I was left there without anybody that I was close to at all didn't know anyone, didn't know anything didn't know any ministries and while I was at college dad changed churches you know, I didn't even know what church I was going back to and literally everything was ripped out of my life but that was looking back the best thing that could ever happen to me because it made me learn how to anyone guess I had to learn to talk to people and you can't be now again what's our ultimate purpose here on this earth to glorify God as a church to glorify God and reach people there's only one way we can reach people it's communicate I mean that's it and when we get in our little shell, we're just like, even if it's just in the church, you say, I can't talk to everybody in the church. It's outside the church I just can't talk to. Well, we've got to get out of that. I mean, that's what we're here for, is to communicate to people. So many issues and problems could be avoided through communication. No one can read each other's mind. According to our text here in verse number 29, God doesn't want any corrupt communication to come out of our mouths, but we are to use communication, if you want to look at the verse real quick, that helps people and that will heal people, and in verse number 30, that honors God. The Holy Spirit is pleased. Again, it says, but that which is good to the use of edifying helps people, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, helps to heal people. And in verse number 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God that honors God. So there is a, according to this verse, there is a 
good communication and there is a corrupt communication. Everybody with me still? All right. So what's the difference? Let's use our Bibles real quick. I tried to put these in order. Not an exhaustive list, but I want you to just look at these and we'll keep rolling. Go back to Psalm chapter number 19. Let's look at what good communication is. All right. Psalm chapter number 19. And uh, just buzz through these real quick. And, and I'll give you some principles about communication. Psalm chapter 19 and verse number 14. All right. What is good communication according to the Bible? Psalm 19 verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Number one, all the words of our mouth should be Lord approved. They should be words that, that, that God, again, all right, they're acceptable to God. So if we're going to have proper communication, these words are acceptable to God. All right? And, uh, and, and again, uh, some of that determines your situation, all right? Uh, but your word should be that which is acceptable to God. Uh, so Lord accepted. Psalm 141 and in verse number 3. Over there real quick. Psalm 141 and in verse number 3. Uh, and again, I encourage you to study this more, right? The Bible talks a lot about our words, all right? In Psalm 141 and verse number three, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. So our words should be Lord approved. And secondly, they should be locked up, confined, all right? What's that mean? That God is in charge of it, all right? God is gonna watch over the words that we use. That I have willingly given the key to my lips to God. He's in charge. In Proverbs chapter number 15. Proverbs chapter 15 and in verse number 1. Proverbs 15 and verse number 1. So our words should be Lord approved. They should be locked. In other words, God has the key. Let him open it up when we need to say things. Let him lock it when we don't need to say things. You ever struggled with when to say and when not to say? You ever look back and say, boy, I should have kept my mouth shut? I mean, we've all done this, right? So let the Lord consciously realize this. Proverbs 51, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Our words should be Lord approved, locked, and then they should be likable. I like alliterating, obviously, but likable. In other words, I'm not hateful with my language. I could say the word kind here. Soft, obviously. Gracious. I mean, I could after church tonight say, Sam and Daniel, can you please help me to put some salt on the sidewalks so that when the stuff comes, it won't allow it to seal on the sidewalks? No, seriously, I'm asking. Can you do it? All right, good, right? All right. <laughs> really, I am. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's a soft, right? Or I could say, hey, hey, I'm your pastor. Get out there and put the salt down. You know what? In their mind, they're going to think, and well, they should. Or they ask me a question. You know, why do we need to put salt down? Because it's ice, stupid. And you're like, that's terrible. Well, I know, but I've heard it. Sadly, parents sometimes. And by the way, your kids are growing up talking that same way to their peers, and you need to stop it. Quit degrading your kids and constantly making fun of them and constantly 
you know, poking at them and constantly making them try to feel bad because what you don't realize, you may have them under control. They're not doing it to me, but they're going to do it to all their peers, and eventually they'll do it to their spouse and to their kids worse than what you're doing. Let's do that in there real quick. But a soft answer. Instead, say, well, we need to put it down because if we don't, it would be much harder to chip away later, and it leaves icy spots. People could fall on Sunday. We just don't want any problems. Okay. So, Lord approved, locked, likable. Ephesians, go to the New Testament real quick. Ephesians chapter number 4, kind of we started up a little bit. Ephesians chapter number 4, and in verse number 15. Ephesians 4, and verse number 15. Again, Proverbs has a lot to say about our words, but... Um, we don't want to be here that long. Ephesians 4 and verse number 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Our words should be that communicate with love. Speaking the truth in love. Everything we say should have the foundation in our words of love. When you get up to teach Sunday school or you're even chastening your children or you've got a problem with another person, okay, those things happen. That's life. But don't forget to speak the truth in love. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse number 25. Ephesians 4 and verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Our communication should be literal. Don't lie. Speak the truth. Our communication in Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter 3 and in verse number 8. So Lord approved, locked, likable. They should be done in love. They should be literal. In Colossians 3 verse 8. Sorry about the alliterated word. But they should be laundered. Colossians 3 verse number 8. But now you also put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. If it's dirty... Don't say it. That's evil communication. By the way, evil communication always corrupts good manners. So if we do use words that aren't Lord approved and we just run our mouth and say things we shouldn't have said and they're done with harshness all the time and not done with love and we lie all the time and we talk about filthy things, we are not just corrupting ourselves but everyone around us too. It corrupts good manners. In Colossians chapter number 4 and in verse number 6, it says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Our, our words, our speech should be lenient, I put down. Lenient with grace. So what do you mean by that? All right. Um, I may say tonight, think of the illustration, it's going to be cold. It's going to get cold tonight. And there's always that one guy, Wade, that will look at you and say, it's not cold, right? You are, good. You are thinking that, right, Wade? Yeah, right, yeah, right? It's not cold. And I have a choice now how I'm going to respond to that. Wade's wrong. It's going to be cold tonight, right? It's going to be cold tonight. But I can answer him still with grace. And say, well, you may not think it's cold, but the rest of the world says it's cold, right? 
And, and, I, and I said that with grace, all right? Because we do have an issue at Kazada Baptist Temple, and I'm guilty, maybe some of you are guilty, that we can be too harsh or too sarcastic to where we've hurt people. And we may speak the truth, but if we're angry about it or belittling about it, we're wrong. So our, our communication with grace, two more in Second Timothy chapter number 2 and in verse number 16. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse number 16 says this, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Number eight, our communication should be limited. There's some things we just don't need to talk about. Amen. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, yeah, them dirty things. Not just profane, obviously, that's terrible, wicked things, and vain babblings. Who cares? Well, Sunday is going to be 35 degrees. That's perfect weather. No, it's going to be 32 degrees, and that's terrible weather. And I've seen people get in an argument over things much less and foolish, more foolish than that. I've seen husband and wives get upset about such. When I, as a counselor, you listen to me, and in your mind, you're thinking, you're both dumb. I mean, because they're arguing about things that who cares? Who cares? Well, they came and they picked up, you know, they picked up Susie at 420. Actually, it was 422. No, it was 420. I was looking at the clock. It was 422. I looked at my phone. And as a counselor, you're like, stop. Who cares? That's vain babblings. Things that don't matter. Or profane things, things that are wicked, obviously. So our communication needs to be limited. Some things just stop. I remember, uh, we just preached on it um, Sunday morning, I believe, right? You know, when, when, when the prophet said, be still and be quiet. Remember that? Be still. Be quiet. Sometimes our best communication skill is to quit talking and start listening a little bit. Which leads me to my last thing in James chapter number 1. James chapter 1. And in verse number 19, James 1 and verse number 19 says this, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to what? Hear. Hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. My last biblical term of communication is this, listen. You say communication, I'm supposed to be talking. Oh, that, that's part of it. But a big part of it is listen. Sometimes we have the problem where we talk so much that we don't hear anything. And we keep running our mouth so much and we, we end up, we're all fighting and we just think, well, I communicated. No, communication is two ways. And the biblical counsel is you need to be swift to hear but slow to speak. I didn't even go to all the verses in the Proverbs that says that people are counted so wise the less they talk. I, when I was a teenager, I banked on that verse. All right, yeah, all right. 
You know, but, you know, but be careful. So I want to review these real quick. Number one, our communication should be Lord-approved. They should be locked, the Lord under control. Likeable, they should be done in love. They should be literal. They should be laundered. They should be lenient. They should be limited. And we need to listen. Now, let me give you a couple principles. You can write them down real quick, all right? Principle number one. So how do I communicate properly? And this applies, listen to me real close, this applies to you and your wife, you and your friend, you and your children, you and your work, work peers, you and your school peers, you and your church peers, sitting with family. There may be some family you're going to get together this week that you just, yeesh. I won't even ask for a raise of hands if we have people like that, all right? All right? But we still need to communicate. So here's some principles to help us with this. I'm not going to ask a raise of hand, but a lot of families, husbands and wives, they struggle with communication. And usually the husband doesn't think they are, but the wife knows they are. And let me give you a little hint tonight, men. Get in a car tonight to go home and look at your wife and mean this question. Do you think we struggle in communication? And listen to her answer. And if we need to work on things, here they are. Number one, I try to give you a biblical reason for all these. Number one, here's good communication. Show interest in the interest of others. Show interest in the interest of others. I'll read a verse to you if you want to just jot it down. I hope you're writing these down. Romans chapter number 15. And in verse number 1, we use this as our unity. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Show interest in the interest of others. By that I mean this. Find their interest. So how do I know what their interests are? Listen to them and ask them. Because unless you are interested, you're not going to be interesting to them. If you want to be interesting to others, you have to take interest in them. In other words, invest in people. Find out what they do, what they like. And you may sit there, you know, I just said me and Brother Jeff are good friends, all right? You say, well, I don't even know what to talk about to Brother Jeff. Ask him. You'll find out. He man. You'll find out. Fortnite he's really good at. You'll find out. Their family painted nativity scenes that are excellent. Should have got one. Uh, you'll find out. You know, he likes shepherd's pie. I mean, I'm not going to share all his secrets tonight. All right, but. <laughs> It only comes from communicating. And you can't find out what the interests are until you ask and listen. Principle number two, I can't, can't spend forever, I want to dismiss you. Number two, listen with your entire being. Listen with your entire being. Again, if you ask your spouse or ask your children or ask whoever it is, do I communicate well? And their answer is, well, well, take these principles. Listen with your entire being. Isaiah chapter 55. 
Isaiah 55 and in verse 2 and 3. If you want to jot that down. Isaiah 55, verse 2 and 3. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me. Eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Now, three times the Lord said, listen. Incline your ear to me. Now, we, we, we love quoting the verses where the Lord inclines his ear to us. What does that mean, incline your ear? All right? It means this. I'm listening. You're fully engaged. That's why the prophet would later rebuke Israel for saying, having ears, but hear not. Right? They have ears, but they're just not listening. And so when you listen, pay attention. All right? Um, we, we are to, the, the word used there in that passage is the word hearken. All right? To pay attention, to hearken. It, that means more than hearing. If you're going to hearken to something, that means you're listening on purpose. Incline your ear means to stretch and to bend because you want to hear. In other words, when someone's talking to you, they never have to say, are you listening? When someone's talking to you, you're not drifting, looking at other things. I mean, you're engaged to this person. Again, if you're struggling to communicate, then listen with your entire being. Uh, someone did this study, and I, it's just, I found it to be absolutely true. But 7% of our communication is words, 38% of our communication is tone, and 53% of our communication is body language. That's why be careful. Don't ever have a serious conversation over text. All right? Because my wife may say something to me, you know, and be like, hey... You don't want to go to White Castle tonight. Those are glorious words to hear from your wife, right? You want to go to White Castle tonight. And I may say, you know, I don't recommend this. Silly illustration, right? But I may say, I might type the words, shut up. What you don't know is I just meant, shut up. That is awesome, right? But if we're not in the same room, she's looking at it going, oh. Now, that's a silly illustration because she didn't even ask me if I, if I want to go. All right? It's an answer, yes. All right? But it's pretend, all right, because without body language and tone, your communication is very limited. So when you're communicating, you need to listen with your whole being. I'm trying to help husbands and wives and school chums and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, everything, all right? Let's build this, all right, especially within the church. Number three, look for opportunities to praise and honor and think. Look for opportunities to praise and honor and think. Back in Psalm chapter 33 and in verse number 1. Psalm 33 and in verse number 1. Um, I didn't write the right verse there. Wrong. Psalm 147 verse number 1. Sorry. Psalm 147 and in verse number 1. And this phrase is repeated quite often in the Bible. All right. Psalm 147, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises uh, unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is, what? Comely. That word comely means beautiful, fitting, perfect, appropriate. If you're having problems with communicating with people, look for ways to praise them. Look for ways to honor them. 
Look for ways to thank them. Find reasons and opportunities to invest in that way. In other words, the people you have the hardest time communicating with are probably those who all you can ever see is their problems, and you're constantly putting them down. And any time that we do our, and the world calls it a bully, but someone who is constantly putting down everyone else, it's because the carnal nature is in charge. Because the carnal nature likes to say, I'm better. And so look for opportunities. You know, if you have a hard time, I'll just keep picking on Brother Jeff tonight, all right? You, you say, I just can't really communicate with Brother Jeff, all right? Then find something he's done. You know, be it awesome illustrations on Surprise Sunday. Be it a gift that he gave your boy in Sunday school class. And go out of your way to say, thank you. It means a lot that you would do that. And what you're going to find is going to open that door. And will help you to start to communicate with one another. Number four, struggling with communication. Number four, plan times just to communicate. Plan times just to communicate. In other words, if you're struggling with talking to your spouse, you need to go out and the two of you just spend an hour or two together with nobody else. Get a babysitter. Hope will babysit. She's in the nursery, so I volunteered her, right? Uh, but seriously, go talk. <laughs> she deserved me. Go talk. If you have a hard time with your children, take them out. Communicate. If you have a hard time communicating with someone at church, ready? Go sit by them. And say, after church, I just don't know you that well. Can we sit and talk? Because communication always brings closeness. Take opportunities when we have fellowship times. To go sit at the table with someone you don't know. But be deliberate about it. So give me scripture and verse for that. Okay. The most ultimate person we should have a relationship is with who? With the Lord, right? Starting in Genesis, Abraham in chapter 19 and verse number 27 chose a specific time and a specific place as he did before to go and meet with the Lord. That's why he's called the friend of God. Because he communicated with him on purpose. Jesus did that in the New Testament. A great while before the sun rose, he went apart and spent time with the Father. Because he set aside, aren't we supposed to do that? David said, morning or evening, noon or whatever it is, whatever you set aside. But have a specific time where you plan just to communicate. Number five. I only got two more. Look for and accept God-given opportunities to communicate. Look for and accept. You know, God's going to give you opportunities. On a Wednesday night visitation, there's that one person on the bus you really never talked to. And for whatever reason, God has Brother Ricky put down on his little iPad. All right, Brother Jeff's going to go out visiting with Brother Eric Grimm. And all of a sudden, Brother Jeff's like, I've never talked to Eric Grimm in my life. You know what this is? This is a God-given opportunity. Take advantage of it. 
The choir got switched around. Our seats got moved. Ah. Maybe there's a God-given opportunity for you to talk to somebody and start communicating. Jesus went to the well at Samaria because he knew there'd be an opportunity, which he passed with flying colors. Amen? His disciples walked right past that lady because they were going into the town to buy meat. She was coming out to get water. They passed, but they didn't communicate. They missed their God-given opportunity. So when God puts one in your lap, take advantage of that and accept that and use it. Number six, and I'm done. One of the greatest ways to learn to communicate is this. Ask questions. The greatest communicator in the whole universe is God. I know I'm amen that, but that should be a given truth. Amen? Did you know just in the Gospels alone, Jesus asked 307 questions? Just in the Gospels. Matter of fact, the first time we see God speaking to man, Adam, where art thou? If you want to get to know someone and you want to open the door of communication, ask questions. My wife's helped me with this. I would, you put me in an auditorium with 10,000 people, I don't have an issue. I really don't. Just geared that way. You put me at a table with four other people, I'm scared to death. That's the way I'm geared, man, right? And uh, my wife always, at first, and I've gotten a lot better, right? At first, if we went out with the group of people, she knew, all right, I'm going to have to ask all these questions, keep the ball rolling, right? I do a pretty good job now. I'm doing better, right? Because she taught me. I give all the credit to her, right? But she said, just ask questions. You can't go wrong asking questions about family. So I put that to practice, and I start. I'll sit down. We did at this pastor's. Sit down with these pastors. Didn't know any of them. Where are you from? Oh, yeah, is this your wife? How long you known each other? Where'd you meet at? Before long, 40 minutes have passed by, and we are communicating. Ask questions. Me and my child, we just don't communicate. Ask them what they like. Ask them what they've been doing. Ask them what they're studying. Ask questions. The Lord did. But it's vital for the unity of our church that we all learn to communicate with each other where it's easy so that we can communicate successfully with the lost because that's our purpose. And if you're struggling in a family or with children or whatever the case is, put these principles of practice.